In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations has been a handy resource that details what Mormon leaders and manuals have taught regarding the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words has thousands of topical entries, and as a bonus, each copy includes a searchable CD version of the book. Order In Their Own Words directly from Mormonism Research Ministry at mrm.org. Once again, that's mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why did the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints break off their relationship with the Boy Scouts of America? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are looking at an article that was posted by Jana Reese. She runs the blog site Flunking Sainthood. She is a faithful Latter-day Saint, although, as we've said earlier, she does tend to be a bit of a rebel. This article was posted on the Religion News Service, and it was dated January 18th, 2022. You can tell by the title that she's a bit of a rebel, because the title is the top 10 changes President Russell M. Nelson has made in the LDS Church. That's a prohibited term ever since Russell Nelson became president in 2018. The subtitle, while many Mormons, again, that's a prohibited term, Latter-day Saints are not supposed to refer to themselves as Mormons, but she says, while many Mormons, including me, expected a Nelson presidency to be staid and uneventful, it's been full of pleasant surprises. So we are going through her list of 10 things that she has been pleasantly surprised since Russell M. Nelson became the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We ended yesterday's show with point number five, balancing the youth program. And she talks about how the church ended its century-long official relationship with the Boy Scouts. And she lists that one of the reasons why she liked that is because in doing so, it started giving more attention to the young girls in the church, that they were allotted more money. And of course, the church has by uh, since abandoning the Boy Scouts, have been kind of beefing up their own youth program, not only for young men, but for young women as well. But she doesn't explain why they broke off that relationship, which I found to be telling because her point number one has to do with the homosexual issue, same-sex issue. And yet that was one of the reasons why the LDS Church broke off with the Boy Scouts. They were not happy that they were allowing homosexual members to come into the Boy Scouts. They were not happy with the transgenders being allowed to come into the Boy Scouts. And they were certainly not happy when the Boy Scouts started allowing homosexual leaders. And that's really what started the ticking time bomb, you might say, to eventually leave. And church at first did not leave. They waited for about another three years before, I guess you could say, they finally said enough is enough. That's why they broke off that relationship. I don't know if Jana Reese would have been 
too excited about the reasons for them leaving. Do you? Well, she has to certainly know that. I mean, I don't think she's a naive person. So by putting this in there, she does kind of contradict point number one in her view that the LGBT uh, exclusion policy was wrong. It would seem that the Boy Scout policy should have been wrong as well for the church to have stayed in, and she should have wanted the, uh, the church to have stayed with the Boy Scouts and not leave for that very reason. Point number six, she says, to our church. And, and this is interesting. This is short. Need I say more? Bring it on. Now, what does that say about Jana Reese? It's not just Jana Reese, folks. A lot of Latter-day Saints were excited that the three-hour block that was devoted to a normal Sunday morning church service was trimmed down by about a third to about two hours. But for her to say, need I say more, bring it on, um, does that speak to her spirituality? Does it kind of uh, tell us she doesn't like going to church, or at least not too much church? I don't know. I, I, need we say more? I guess that's what I'm going to say on point number six. Point number seven, adapting skillfully to a global pandemic. She writes, I'll always be grateful to Nelson for taking the COVID-19 pandemic seriously from the very beginning. He shut down meeting houses and temples and kept them closed for months, only gradually reopening while listening to public health experts about what was safe. He closed general conference to the public, promoted the use of masks, encouraged members to get vaccinated, and modeled vaccination compliance. He's taken a lot of flack for, for this from right-wing members. Well, I think, again, she exposes her left-leaning politics in this. And certainly it has caused a lot of division in our country regarding, for instance, vaccine mandates and the mandate to wear a mask. We've certainly seen that here in Salt Lake County. But when it talks about promoting the use of masks, wasn't Nelson promoting the use of cloth masks? Certainly. He wasn't being specific that it should be a KN95 or even an N95. Cloth masks were fine with Russell Nelson. And now we see health experts coming together to basically say the cloth masks do virtually nothing, as do the surgical blue masks. And we even had the CNN health analyst admit that cloth masks were really nothing more than facial decorations. Did... Russell M. Nelson, did he adapt skillfully Did he, or did he have any kind of foreknowledge that there was going to be this kind of a pandemic? He certainly didn't have any foreknowledge for it. What Nelson actually said when they opened up General Conference on April 4th, 2020, he said, my beloved brothers and sisters, as we welcome you to this historic April 2020 General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for reasons you know, I stand before you in an empty auditorium. And then he says, little did I know when I promised you at the October 2019 General Conference that this April conference would be memorable and unforgettable, that speaking to a visible congregation of fewer than 10 people would make this conference so memorable and unforgettable for me. In other words, Russell M. Nelson, even though he's supposed to be a prophet, apparently was just as blindsided by the pandemic as all of us were. So he didn't really offer any preemptive information for his membership. He was just as much in the dark as we were. Then we have point number eight, ending the enforced vulnerability and potential exploitation that have been Bishop's interviews. 
She writes, the longstanding system of youth having to enter a closed office with a middle-aged man to discuss, among other things, their sexual behavior is potentially dangerous and resulted in some terrible cases of the abuse of power. In early 2018, just two months into Nelson's tenure, the church changed this policy so youth can now be accompanied by an adult of their choice into any interview with a church leader. Let me stop you there because personally, I always thought this, the way it's set up for bishops' interviews when it comes to the young people, it is one of the most ridiculous systems that they had in place. But wait a minute, Jana Reese, Russell M. Nelson was an apostle for years in the LDS Church before he became president in 2018. How come he didn't realize this while he was an apostle? He didn't have ultimate pull on how the church goes, but he certainly must have had some influence on what they're doing. You mean to tell me he didn't see this problem for all those years that he was an apostle? Bill, your point is not just for her point, but for all of the points that she's making. Everything from the LGBT uh, exclusion policy to giving women a more active role in ritual life, uh, a more diverse international leadership. He had been a an apostle since the 1980s, and you could say he was part of the problem, and yet here he is getting credited because this change happens under his administration. And why didn't previous presidents like Monson and Hinckley see this problem? I mean, I'm not a member, and I can certainly see a problem with the way this, these bishop interviews were conducted, but let's go on. Point number nine, ministering, replacing home, and visiting teaching. She says, I like the new forget-the-checklist approach of the new ministering program. It's more relaxed, relational, and geared toward fellowship rather than trying to cram a doctrinal lesson into an awkward social encounter just to say you've done it. Well, see, the home teaching program, I, well, I always understood it to be something having to do with doctrine. And again, could this be... Jana Reese's spirituality coming to the surface. Maybe she just doesn't want to talk about doctrine. She'd like to just talk about the events of the day and how's the family and such like that. Uh, geared toward more fellowship rather than, as she says, trying to cram a doctrinal lesson into an awkward social encounter. Then we have point number 10, ending the Hill Camorra pageant and other pageants. She says, I know many people have loved these spectacles through the years with fond memories of attending them as children. As a convert, I don't have those associations. So I went to the Hill Camorra pageant in the summer of 2019 with no prior experience. Though I was expecting to enjoy the show and feel sad it was ending, I left feeling the church probably should have discontinued it years ago. It was stilted, cheesy, and racially problematic. I hope the church invests in new kinds of productions and international destination pilgrimage experiences for Mormons the world over, but the Hill Camorra pageant was a cultural relic of the past. I found this point uh, to be very interesting, because when she says, I felt feeling the church probably should have discontinued it years ago, and as you said, it was stilted, cheesy, and racially problematic. Now, think about that, listeners. Why would she find the pageant at the Hill Camorra racially problematic? Well, it could be because the Hill Camorra pageant was acting out scenes from the Book of Mormon, as was the Mormon Miracle pageant in Manti, Utah. For years, it was based on stories in the Book of Mormon. Now, I've been to the Hill Camorra pageant. 
But it was a long time ago, and I don't really remember all the particulars, but I do basically remember that it was recounting stories in the Book of Mormon. This is why you would probably come up with some of these racially problematic scenes in that particular pageant. And why not? If it's based on the Book of Mormon, what do you do with this out of 1 Nephi 13.15? And I beheld the Spirit of the Lord, that it was upon the Gentiles, and they did prosper and obtain the land for their inheritance. And I beheld that they were white and exceedingly fair and beautiful, like unto my people before they were slain. Second Nephi 5.21 says, And he had caused the cursing to come upon them, yea, even a sore cursing because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against him, and they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing unto my people, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. Now, these verses, I don't recall, were quoted word for word in the Hill Cumorah pageant, but certainly a lot of these racial ideas were a part of the script and were brought out in the pageant. But if you're going to have a problem with this, not, and I'm not just saying this to Jana Reese, I'm saying this to any Latter-day Saint, and you think that those pageants were racially problematic, maybe you need to look more closely to the Book of Mormon. And then you need to ask yourself, is what I just read from the Book of Mormon something that you really think God would do? Do you really think he would do that? If you have a problem with that, maybe you need to look more carefully at your entire religious structure because your church has a history of being racially problematic. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.